Welcome everyone to the Little Bit Out West podcast. We're going to get a little bit out west this week. I'm publishing this a little bit late. Some of you may notice that it's a little bit late. It turns out that the reason was because I didn't know, but God did, that my pastor was going to preach about our subject this week. And I needed to be able to hear what he had to say before I brought it to you. God wanted to make sure that I included the thoughts from this morning's sermon. This week we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I believe that it's very significant that the Bible uses this word fruit. Fruit comes from a vine or a tree. And Jesus tells us that we are to bring forth fruit. And whenever we try to make fruit, we generally wind up failing. Fruit comes from the nature of the plant that grows it. Okay, And so it's a byproduct of the nature of that plant. Think about that for a minute. That is so profound. In the same way, we who are followers of Jesus, we can't produce fruit just by wanting to or trying to. We produce fruit as a byproduct of our relationship with God. Jesus tells us that we abide in him. And the word abide, of course, means to live in close, personal, intimate relationship with him. And when we're doing that, then his nature is flowing through our hearts, and then fruit comes as a result of that. Paul explains for us in the fifth chapter of Galatians what the fruit of the Spirit is. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, or in other words, believing in God, meekness, or in other words, the ability to submit to authority, and temperance, which is self-control. And so, as it said in verse 16 of this chapter, he said, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so, Paul goes on from this point, and he explains what the fruit of the flesh is. And he says that the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another. But in verse 19, he explains to us what the works or the fruit of the flesh are. He says that's adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which that's a big word that means no self-control. You just do whatever feels good. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. And then he says, and as I have told you in, in times past, they which do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then this is where he comes in and explains what the fruit of the Spirit is. If you go back through those fruits of the flesh, you can see, sadly, that in society in general, this is pretty much where we are. This is why there is this spiritual tension going on 
in our society between the different political parties, between the different religions, the different philosophical points of view. And what we have to understand in the 21st century is, is that really what we're going through at this point in time is nothing new. The fruits of the flesh are what they are. And people who reject God and godliness, who don't have the Spirit of God living in them, this is how you can know where they're at in their walk, because you're seeing their fruit. This is why Jesus said, you will know my children because they love each other. When we're talking about fruit, I want to get back to this part where we're talking about that fruit is not something that you do just because you decide to do it. It is part of what is running through your veins. It's like the fruit comes from the nourishment of the vine, the, the branches. What is running in us and through us is what brings out that fruit. So it's not really necessarily a thing that we're trying to do. It's something that comes natural from us because of who we are and because of the focus that we give to God in our life. John 15 says some really good things about this. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the farmer. And every branch in me that's not having good fruit, he cuts that off so that the other branches will receive the nourishment. And he takes the fruit and picks it so that more fruit will grow. And he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch can't bear fruit by itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can you unless you live in me. I'm the vine and you're the branches. And if you abide in me, if you live in me and I in you, then you will have fruit. Jesus says a lot of really deep things about fruit. And if we'll just pay attention to this, it will explain so much. But you also have to understand gardening a little bit in order for this to, to really make sense. He says, If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. Well, that's King James language that just says the tree limb if it doesn't maintain its connection with the sap, then you break it off and you throw it away and it's put into the fire and you burn it. But if you live in me like the branch lives with the sap connected to the trunk of the tree and my words, he says, my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. And it is my father's glory Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. I think it's really interesting that in the 11th chapter of Mark, when he's talking about the fig tree there, 
uh, if you if you remember the story, Jesus saw the fig tree and he came over there, but there was nothing on it, and so he cursed the fig tree, which has a lot of other ramifications for other things. But I won't go into all that at the moment. But he he says something really interesting. He says. He doesn't say, I curse you at the root and I command you to die or something like that. He, all he says is, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And the next morning, they said that the tree was dried up from the root. Now, to me, this says something. It says, if you're a tree, but you're not going to have fruit, then you just die. You're, you have no purpose in life. And we just naturally have fruit. People talk about being good or being bad or changing your behavior. But really, who you are comes out in this fruit. And you either have the fruit of the Spirit showing in your life, or you have the fruit of the flesh showing in your life. And this is a, it's a really simple concept that a lot of people have made a lot more complicated. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul talks about this, and this is the way he says it. He says, you need to be followers of God like children. And as children of God, walk in love because Jesus also loved us. And the way that he loved us, he gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. And then he says, fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, don't let that be in your life. Don't let filthiness or foolish talking or jesting or whoremongering or being unclean or being covetous or being an idolater, all of those things, stay away from that. And you'll want to stay away from all of that if you are abiding in the vine and so then the fruit of your life is going to lean towards the fruit of the Spirit instead of this fruit of the flesh. Jesus makes it crystal clear in the seventh chapter of Matthew. He says, you will know people by their fruit. And then he says, in other words, if you have thorns, are you going to be able to get grapes off of those thorns? Or if you have thistles, are you going to be able to get figs from those thistles? No. Every good tree brings good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree can't bring forth evil fruit, and a bad tree or corrupt tree, it says, is not going to bring forth good fruit. And so if every tree that doesn't bring good fruit, we cut it down, we chop it into pieces, and we put it in the fire. And then he finishes it up by saying, Wherefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And this sort of leads in to this area of, oh, you, you're a Christian. You shouldn't judge me. The Bible says don't judge. We're not judging people because that's not our job. We don't judge people. But we do look at the fruit. And when you see the fruit, you know what's in that person. Now, I can't judge their salvation, and I can't judge whether or not they're going to make a decision for God, but I can see that at this point in this season in their life that that's an unhealthy person to be around and be with and to follow. And I can tell that by the fruit that's in their life. 
Galatians 6 goes on this subject and he says, Be not deceived. Don't be tricked. It's always going to be this way. Whatever a man sows, whatever a man plants, that's what he's going to get. If he plants to his flesh, like we talked about the fruit of the flesh earlier, then he's going to reap or grow, produce fruit of corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap life everlasting. And then he says, let us not be weary in well-doing, because eventually, when the season comes around, when the fruit is ripe, we will reap if we don't quit. And then a verse we've talked about before this year in James 3, he says, where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Well, there's a fruit right there that you can see that and you can say, you know, that fruit is not of the Spirit. I need to push away from that. That's rotten fruit. I don't want any of that. The verse goes on and says, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace in them that make peace. So just to sort of sum this up, what we know is that we can recognize those who have a close relationship with God because we can see their fruit. And, you know, once again, we're not judging that person. We're just looking at the fruit and knowing if that relationship is something that we need to cultivate or maybe we need to just stay away from that relationship. Unless, you know, obviously, unless you have the opportunity to teach and help that person to grow. But if they're a teacher who's teaching you, but they're showing you these fruits of anger and selfishness and et cetera, et cetera, then I don't need to allow that person to teach me anymore. I need to push away from that rotten fruit and not go there. Everybody is at their own level in developing their fruit. And sometimes fruit is just green, not necessarily rotten. But the rotten fruit, you need to just throw that out. I think that the the moral to this story would be we need to just keep seeking that closer relationship to God, who is the vine, as he says. And as we do that, we will start to see these fruits coming in our life, and we will recognize that it is God because we know what the good fruit looks like. And we can look at our society and we can see that the fruit in our society, a lot of it is just rotten and it's not going to do us any good and it's going to make us sick. And we need to stay away from rotten fruit. All right. I want to share a song with you this week. I really like this song. Back in the day, I I, I bought a, a sample tape, and this song was on there. I used to have a, a Walkman, and when I was out fencing, building fence out in the hills, I listened to my Walkman, and this one song, I just loved that song when it would come on. I Sometimes I'd be out there in the middle of the field, nobody else around, and I'd pick up one of those fence posts and I was holding it like a guitar and playing it. I just love this song. This is David Zafiro 
with the song To The End.
so there you are. That's David Zafiro. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, um, and you can go to Spotify and listen to him, and he's got a lot of really great music. You need to go there, and you need to listen to that. I just want to finish this off by saying I said quite a few things today that could be taken politically or socially, and I just want you to know that I totally and completely meant it to do that. I I believe that we're at a place in our society where we are being forced to get off of the fence. Things aren't going to be comfortable anymore. We're being forced to decide which side of the whole thing we're going to be on. And of course, this isn't anything new. I mean, <laughs> we got this idea that the 21st century is so much different. But I mean, this is exactly what they were going through in Jesus's time. And uh, it's it's no different. We we come through this and we go through this and have done for thousands and thousands of years. But in America, especially, we sort of had this idea that you could sort of take or, or leave religion and God and things like that. And, and, and that's because we were a wealthy society, but things are being pushed further and further in that direction. And as you see this rotten fruit becoming the norm, it's harder and harder to decide and, and, recognize and make the decision of where do I stand in all of this. And this is an important time for us. We've got to decide which kind of fruit we want to be associated with. And that only comes from staying in that relationship with God, because otherwise, who cares? I mean, if it feels good, do it, they say. And if you don't have an understanding that that's destructive to you, well, then you're just going to go by the point of view that, hey, it feels good and it doesn't matter, so who cares? But if you know how destructive that is to yourself and to society and to other people in your life, then that makes a difference. And we can know from the thousands of years of history, and we can know because we have a creator, that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference, and it makes a difference in how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves and all of that is important because it affects our lives and the relationships that we have. All right. So, join me next week when we get a little bit out west. I'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.